We are going to celebrate the all-women spacewalk. It's so exciting. I think we were just talking before the podcast for people that are maybe not quite as young. Um, I was describing, I posted on Facebook and then I was kind of reiterating that when I was in kindergarten, I was so excited to learn about Sally Ride, who at the time was like one of the only women to be an astronaut, that I made, I made a book about her and I illustrated it and I put her picture on the cover. Like I went all out because I was so inspired and I just thought I can do anything if, if, you know, a woman can go to space and be an astronaut, I could do anything. anything. And it just blew my mind because this was still the 80s and there still, there wasn't as much representation in any, really anything cool. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time I really remember thinking like, wow, okay, this is, this is big. Like, this is a big deal. And I was, yeah, I was really obsessed. And I, yeah, I was big and just, I mean, you know, this is no surprise to anybody. So after I've, your journey. <clears throat> yeah. NASA. So went to NASA. That was really cool. But, um, so as a kid, one of my favorite movies was Space Camp. And so oh, because. Scarrett. Tom Scarrett. <laughs> I know. I love Tom <laughs> Scarrett. Um, and so I absolutely adored the movie. And one of the nerd chicks in that movie was like really sort of punky. And like she had yeah. all the cool hair and all the bangle bracelets or whatever. And like she chewed her gum so that it like it popped. Yeah. And That's she got cool a 1600 on her SATs. And so because I saw that and I was like, ooh, 1600. That's a lot. So I decided to start reading the encyclopedia on space. Oh, I absolutely did that. So I started from the beginning. I did not get all the way through. Those are a lot of big words. I loved encyclopedias. I loved the way they smelled even. Take it out of the... Like, it usually had a bookshelf just for the encyclopedia. Very fancy. Pull it out. Open it up. All the information is right here. That was our internet. The pages were so (laughs) glossy. And sometimes on the side it was gold flecked. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so very excited um, about the... uh, the all-female astronaut gang going yeah. on up there. Uh, my understanding is that they're... Where so they as, we're, as we're recording this... We're watching them they do are, something. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're moving around very slowly. Are you playing footsies with me? I can if you want, if it'll help ratings. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that kind of podcast, Lord. <laughs> Will it get us sponsors? <laughs> Hold up. And... And we're back. Okay. So <laughs> that's not the kind of podcast that we do. However, um, <laughs> I mean, I just, we did show that shirt also. It's been that's a, a day. That's true. There are no rules. That's true. I'm just, I have ticklish feet. Uh, that's no, I was getting Okay. Um, I don't want to get punched. <laughs> so as we're recording this, we are watching the live feed yeah. of uh, the gals flipping around in space. I think my understanding is that they are actually like exchanging a battery or something like that. I can't tell. I it's know. very dark in space. They it should is. turn on the lights. Any the That's great. Just proof that we're actually listening and watching. Yeah. I'll yeah. turn it down because it just keeps kind of going in. The sound just keeps going in and out. But so, just, I mean, even the fact that we can see them doing anything 
Even though I don't know what it is, it's still I don't even amazing. care. Like, can you even imagine when we were kids? Like, I mean, I know the people that were alive for the moon landing, they saw something on TV and that was really big, but can you imagine just even the concept of live streaming for one, right. but right. live streaming a group of people doing something in real time on on the internet, on demand, like on your and it's Bone. in space. There's not like really a time delay or anything that I know of. Like we don't have no. the twelve minute time delay anymore. Um, the future is amazing. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. No. I have no idea. However, I mean, and like we get to talk to the astronauts. Like the Canadian guy is one of my favorite guys. I can't think of his name, but the Canadian know, astronaut. He's very, he's very nice because he's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but. Also, I just want to give, like, for me, my childhood, not only was Sally Ride, but also Krista McAuliffe. So when the Challenger exploded, yeah. I was in school, we were watching this live, mm -hmm. and that was, like, devastating. Yeah. I mean, as it should be. It was, it was, um, that was a horrible tragedy. But that was a big deal um, in my childhood, and especially for me, again, I mean... I've always loved space. It's been some place that I want to go. I want to, you know, I, I would love to go to Mars yeah. and do all that stuff. Um, so uh, this, is, this is just really exciting that they've, um, that they're going through with this with all women. And I think that one of the things, like it was, I'll be honest, like it was really disappointing though watching the YouTube feed earlier today. I was watching just the one that was posted by NASA, mm -hmm. and on the right side... Oh, the comments? Were all these stupid comments, because, like, you can do live comments and stuff, and there's those jackasses doing, oh. like, talking about, like, flat Earth and not believing that this is real. Oh, those dummies! <laughs> and, but then also, like, the assholes that are making, like, lesbian jokes and all this stuff. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, so it just, like... It bummed me out because I'm just trying to enjoy this. And then off the side in my peripheral vision is all these shitty comments. <laughs> uh, can't um, we have anything nice? Like, just let us go to space and I, call I it a know. day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, like, you should have been like, have any of you been to space? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, because it's fake. Right? <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. There's well, the other theory that I've, th that I've seen is that some of them believe that we're in, like, a dome. Oh, yeah, like Truman Show? Or, yeah, <clears throat> like, it's, like, flat, and then there's a dome over it, like mm -hmm. Truman Show. Or because that's how physics works. It makes things flat with a dome, unless yeah. it's, like, a water so drop on a penny. Where's the water in the ocean? Go yeah, they have, like, a whole theory for, for it. I saw it on a sticker, like, sticker propaganda that's been going around. I only believe in half of science. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I saw a, oh gosh, I don't remember what it was, Michelle Wolf, the comedian, she oh, was saying yeah. something about, like, in high school or in school, if you didn't believe science, then that means you fail. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So we got a lot of people failing, failing science real hard. Well, among other things, is my opinion on that. Making a thing out of it. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just... It's just really cool and exciting, and they're still doing something. I don't know. know how long it's supposed to last, but I'm it's been like, gone for a long time. I mean, my nerd antennae are just like really super excited about this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to just sit and watch it all day. 
but I can't. Yeah. So anyway, um, so Christina and what's her name? Jessica or Jennifer? Jessica. I don't. And remember then there's a Stephanie. Names of. And I'm not really sure who Stephanie is. I think she's on board. Mm -hmm. And Christina and Jessica are. I'm on it. Thanks. Um, doing the doing the outside stuff. So yeah, good job, astronauts. I am trying my best to not call them the lady astronauts or the female astronauts because it's like the same thing we talked about with the soccer team. Why do we have to call them the women's soccer team? I know. And the men are just called the soccer team. Right. Right? So these are just astronauts. Yeah. It doesn't matter the gender. But it is really exciting. <laughs> it is super exciting. Yes. It's so. like, it's not even, I mean, that's at this point. Just the first a, Google, spacewalk woman is what comes up. Oh, good Lord. I'm, I'm a spacewalk space woman. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yes, I would like to be a spacewalk woman. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, I wonder if I would vomit immediately. Best not, because it's trapped in <laughs> <laughs> it's just, in your face. I'd just be panicking the whole time, like, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up. <laughs> Astronauts Christina Koch and Jessica Mirror. Okay. Carried out history's first all-female spacewalk Friday, floating outside the ISS, and successfully installing a 230-pound replacement battery so charger. It. Battery in the lab's solar power system. Yeah. Oh my god, this... Okay, so it goes on to say, this is cbsnews.com, the historic excursion, bear with me, was carried out in a blaze of pubic interest that rose all the way to the White House. Can it not be pubic and be public? <laughs> it says... Shut the front... Pubic interest. Oh. CBS News. Oh, Please, no. print screen, print screen, print and screen. And that is... Quite literally, what it has been, pubic interest. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that's funny. <laughs> that's terrible, but that's really funny. I screenshot it. Oh, wow. Cool. This will be airing later, but we're experiencing this all in real time. <laughs> okay. Who doesn't love pubic interest? <laughs> I mean, again, I, I didn't think it was that kind of podcast, but I guess wrote we're doing that. that. Story. Oh my god. They're like, don't say pubic. Don't say pubic. Don't say pubic. <laughs> pubic. Pubic Andrews. Ah! <laughs> okay. Editors? Anyway. Okay. All right. So, so congr congratulations. Thank you to Christina and Jessica. And I think there's a Stephanie. We salute you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, especially our childhood selves. Like I got oh a little, God. I got somewhat tearful about it last night, just thinking about just what it means in terms of the difference between me being five and me being, you know, like twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> There's only a twenty-year difference in all of this. It's just amazing. What's happened in twenty years? <laughs> yeah, I'm a baby. <laughs> yes. So that's that. We love trailblazers <clears throat> of all the kinds. So we have a next interesting topic. <laughs> so we're going to need to talk to Lauren about a tragedy that happened recently. <laughs> um, I'm very sad for her. Um, so what, what happened, Lauren? Okay, so I'm not going to blame my husband, but I'm but about we're to getting blame blamed. Uh, my husband. He left my car unlocked, which I'm sure he had a very good reason for. And Not I, that he had a traumatic brain injury or anything. Uh, he, he did that stuff before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
he doesn't like to lock the car because he thinks that if the car is locked then people will break the window and then that'll be another thing well we've lived in our house for six years no one's busted a window yet but I digress. Someone opened the door to my car, my unlocked car, and they went in and they stole my most favorite denim jacket with all my favorite pins, including Ned Flanders and ski gear from the episode where he says, it feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. And it's my favorite pin in the world. It was a gift. I don't know who sent it to me. It was a mystery gift that was sent from somebody that makes it even more special. Yeah, I still don't know who sent it to me. It's like a few years old. So they stole that, and they stole three pairs of sunglasses that were all from Target and broken as well. So that was all they stole, and it was really sad. And I, I grieved the loss of this jacket because it was like one of my most expensive and nicest things. And it had my pins on it, my pins that I collected. And I was sad, and I kept bringing it up. <laughs> well, but I mean, every few hours for uh, at least three days. I, I think, though, that a denim, especially a denim jacket, there, yeah, you don't just there's buy one every season, yeah, no, because it's just like getting like your favorite. Well, I gotta admit, I haven't worn jeans for twenty years, but. Um, but denim, like it's, it fits, it molds to your body. Yeah. You know, like it gets a little wet and sweaty and all this stuff. And then you do all, so it's shaped to you. Yeah. Um, so it literally is fitting your body and you've done all the work to make it yours. And I'm little, so it's a little jacket. It's a very personal thing for somebody yeah. to take a denim jacket. Yeah. I was like, and it's like one of the nicer things I have. It's like, I don't own anything Calvin Klein, but I had a Calvin Klein denim jacket for some reason. And it made you feel good to wear it. Yeah, like I feel tough. I feel tough and cool when I got right. my Flanders <laughs> pin on my jacket. But, watchers and listeners, <laughs> there's a plot twist. My husband and I were going on a walk just yesterday, and I saw what looked like denim in a pile of leaves four houses down from our house and I ran to it because I have missing denim in my life and it was my jacket what it was my jacket this is a surprise thing she literally didn't tell me that uh, this whole time I thought this was gonna be a very sad story yeah so we found it and I started screaming and I almost cried in the middle of the street I so will. whoever stole it was like not this one and they threw it in a pile of leaves <laughs> So, and were the glasses, sunglasses anywhere? No. Oh, I don't really care about those because no. I wear glasses and then I have a pair of prescription sunglasses. So I can only wear my sunglasses if I have contacts in, which I haven't been wearing. But yes, yeah, so I felt like so redeemed in that moment. I was like, good things can happen. <laughs> oh my God. Like it just impacted me on this really deep and profound level of like, first, nothing in life is permanent, but like, even if something goes away, like, it can come back. You know what's funny though? Okay, so when you told me about your jacket being stolen, there was something else that happened to you at the same time, and like the last line that you said, you're like, what's happening? Oh, I got it. Oh, there's another piece of the story. I got a ticket, which yeah. I have not had a ticket. I had, I had one ticket from like, I don't know, a long time ago because I turned right on red somewhere in Grandview because I thought you could and you couldn't and Grandview Maybe. they're just waiting to get you like they just they're but I think you can make a u-turn in Grandview so what I don't know they were bored and they gave me a ticket so that was my only other ticket but I got this ticket because the guy said that I 
that I merged into a lane without signaling, which I don't have any evidence for or against. Like it was a one of those lanes where it's two lanes and then it becomes one lane. So I don't know, maybe you I just- You don't have to have a blinker on to go into a lane that's going away. I don't know, but he, he pulled me over and he was- What else are you gonna do? If the lane ends, you have no choice but to merge. I don't know, but maybe it was before it ended. I don't know. I have no evidence for or against it to fight it, but he was like, oh, I'm very sorry to pull you over, man. No, you're not. If you were uh, sorry, then you wouldn't do it. You're not going to want to hear this, but I'm about to cite you. Ooh, and it. it's uh, Friday, and I still haven't actually been cited. Like, there's no record of me in the Franklin County Municipal Court website, so I might also not have a ticket. Like, I had these back-to-back -back things happen, and then everything's just, like, working itself out. Yeah. And I don't know, like, if it's just universe is pushing me in some kind of direction where good things happen to me I don't know but it was just like those two things like within the same 24 hours just were too much and then they all turned out to be fine well what the well one thing, the ticket might still happen but it's well, Friday and I got it on let's Monday. not talk about it on something that yeah goes out all to the, cops the entire world to <laughs> right we do have a large contingent of cops that watch yeah but, but possibly 85%. yes <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the lesson here is talking about non-attachment. Yeah. In the th in I think the, the 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 saying is that nothing is permanent. The positive oh. the positive's not permanent, neither is the negative permanent. No. You know, so yeah. don't 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 cling to anything, the positive or the negative. Because anything can happen, good or bad, to shift it. And even holding on to something you know, that's positive. If you hold on to that idea of it, you might, you might even not experience other things in life. Oh, we're going to talk about the Rebel of the Week? Yeah, let's do that. So I decided... Wait, we need our theme song. We still don't have one. I, I downloaded this app that is a, is a podcast editor because I was considering doing my own podcast about something mental health related. I don't know if I will or not, but it had all these sound effects on goat it. Goat sounds. And music, and you could put music in it. And I was like, yeah, goat sounds were one of the things. So I was like getting ideas for songs, but um, it didn't and come up I mean, with one. We need you guys to actually make theme song for yeah, us. Yeah, it's probably easy. If you're like under 25, you probably could do it in like yeah, two seconds. Yeah, you have seconds. like an app and you just make it. Kids and the, their apps and their internets and insta what's. <laughs> insta what's, their insta faces. Speaking of insta faces, the rebel of the week is Will Wheaton. Who, if you are a nerd like we are and watch Star Trek, you will know is Wesley Crusher. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants him to shut up because he's a big <laughs> dumb baby. But as a human being named Will Wheaton, he is a delightful man. And he has been very open and very vocal about mental health advocacy lately. So within the last uh, few weeks, he was posting lots of statistics on PTSD and trauma and kind of demystifying that and putting resources out for people. And then also talking about his own experiences with anxiety and depression, which I think for somebody in the public eye in that way that we kind of like watched grow up is a really interesting thing because we didn't have social media when he was mm -hmm. little baby Wesley. Um, so now we can hear his stories about how he was feeling at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, it's just really nice. It's nice to hear somebody be real and open and honest. And it also, I think 
absolutely helps other people too to read things like that because I think people get people get weird about celebrities speaking out about things because they're like just stick to acting you don't need to be an advocate for anything but the thing is if you're already in the public eye and you can have a positive it's impact a good on somebody it's a great platform so for mm -hmm. him to be somebody that was kind of in the public eye so Star Trek, and then I didn't really watch The Big Bang Theory, but he's part of that, I guess. Well, I also um, know him from Stand By Me. Yeah, lots of lots of different things over the years throughout his life. I think he's like 37 or something like mm -hmm. that, somewhere in there. He's, he's close to... No, he's not close to my age. I'm only 25. Um, <laughs> <laughs> continuity matters. But that's really, I think, a, a really great way to use your celebrity whatever kind of celebrity that might be to give other people some kind of hope that there is treatment out there or things that work or things that um are maybe more normal than you realize so depression and anxiety are super normal but people that experience them feel tend to feel pretty alone and pretty isolated as though no one else is experiencing that so just by describing symptoms that you've had in that kind of you know platform is huge well so we had um october 10th was world health world mental health awareness mm -hmm. day um so i think it was like 150 countries or something like that did something yeah. um <clears throat> and on that day a lot of celebrities actually did really cool things there mm -hmm. was a video um of prince harry and his name just fell out of my head the british singer who was on Game of Thrones because the what, help help me the oh, that's, um, Ed Ed Sheeran, Sheeran. Yes. so Ed yeah. Sheeran and Prince Harry did a really cool video um, a little thing and uh, yeah so on October tenth a lot of celebrities mm -hmm. took that time to speak out about mental health mental health awareness um, making it um, more normal. Yeah, we're trying to normalize things and talk about it because yeah. you know there's there it there truly is no difference. This is one of my biggest um, soapboxes, soapbox topics because I mean you know with my own mom and all of that, she could have got, she would have gotten help. She could have gotten help if mm. she came from a um, if she came from a generation that actually talked about stuff. Yeah, I know? think about things like that. And yeah. so um, I mean I. I I read some statistic that it's like one in five people have some sort of some form of mental illness, mm -hmm. and I would argue that it's got to be more than that because yeah, that's reported. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, because literally every single person in my life, every person that is close <laughs> to me that matters, has some form of clinical diagnosis yep. of mental health. Same. Yeah, I mean, you know, so um, it, it's it's so important, I think, for celebrities to take the opportunity to to talk about these things and i think that it's not fair to say that oh you know they're 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 wealthy How, what do they possibly have to oh be that's the worst excuse and that's bullshit because yeah. th number one also stepping out and saying like i experience these things mm -hmm. like like after a show i go off the stage Despite and fight having money yeah you know, you know and or barbara success. streisand has has she like for the longest time, she's always talked about the fact that she has stage fright, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so it's 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 putting a risk. They're risking their public image, mm -hmm. um, and 
but that's the thing is that the more people talk about it, the more you realize, like, you're not alone. You're not the only one. Mm-hmm. And there is no difference between saying, you know, I'm bipolar and saying that I've got a broken leg. Right. You know, you say that something's wrong. You go to the doctor. You get the therapy that you need. Yeah. You know, whether it's the therapy of physical therapy or sitting down with a therapist, mm-hmm. there is no difference. Well, and I... At this point, I'm like a broken record because I like to talk about this. So the World Health Organization, pretty much every time they do the numbers, still consistently finds that the number one cause of disability for the entire world that we live in is depression. Mm -hmm. It's nothing. It's not a physical disability. That's Mm -hmm. the number one cause of disability is something that is mental health related. Mm -hmm. And um, I I think something like 25% and, and people get all you know, weird about this, but something like 20 some percent of Americans have some form of anxiety disorder at this point. And some people will say, oh, it's just because of technology or it's because of this or because of that. It's like, no, it's because we have diagnostic tools. <laughs> yeah. Now we know. That now there's a name to put to these things. Right. Right. It's not, none of this stuff is new because there have been things that have happened in life. There have been genetics. Yeah. Forever. Literally. Um, and so, you know, the fact that we have the tools to know that these things exist and that we're willing to call them something, you know, we're no longer hysterical women. Right. Well, like anxiety disorder, like generalized anxiety disorder as a diagnosis has only been around for 30 some years. Mm -hmm. So that's not a super long time. So think of all the people that had that, that were maybe just suffering needlessly yeah suffering silently thinking that i'm the only one that that has that this that this is happening to yeah you know and if you feel like you're the only one then you're not going to talk about it because you don't want people to think that you're weird or different or that you're gonna have to broken yeah that you're gonna be locked up away somewhere yeah i remember that from a God, if anybody that is listening or watching saw return to oz um Yeah. It was <laughs> the beginning terrified me because Dorothy returns from Oz, but now she's Feruzabulk. She's not the she's not <laughs> she's not Judy Garland. She's the craft. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, now she's Feruzabulk, who was delightful in the nineties. She's probably just a little delightful. I don't know what she's doing. We'll have to check that out. But she returns, and nobody believes her story. So they sent her to an institution because they just institutionalized everybody until sometime in the 80s. Yep. My um, mom was institutionalized. Yeah, it's just like if they don't understand it, they just lock you up. So she was locked up and they were getting ready to do electroconvulsive therapy on her because they didn't believe her. And I saw that as a kid and I th- and as a kid I had really bad anxiety and seeing that made me think I cannot tell anybody Mm -hmm. about what's going on up here because that'll happen. Dorothy had to go to the hospital and have her brain zapped, which they didn't zap it because they came and got her before, but spoilers, (laughs) spoiler alert from 1985 or something like that. But yeah, so that was the kind of messaging we were getting even in the eighties that if you have any kind of, anything going on mentally that you're going to be, I mean, and people were Mm -hmm. locked up against their will. Um, 
not really treated. I mean, God, don't, if you, yeah, don't, maybe don't look up the information on, on things like that, the institutionalization of people with any kind of mental illness, because they were literally like, well, one of my favorite movies them. is, yeah, one of my favorite movies is Girl Interrupted. Um, <gasps> and that, that movie is, that was a great book. That's close to me because my mom actually couldn't watch the movie because it was just like her experience. I'm sure she that was, was hurting really hard. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I mean, I love the movie, but at the same time, it like breaks my heart to watch it. Well, just as an FYI aside, but still on topic, Harding at least has created a different structure to their hospitalization system. So it, it used to be in lots of psychiatric inpatient facilities, you would be just on a floor in a room with somebody. So somebody might be coming in with intense, you know, severe clinical depression, and they're in a room with somebody who's actively psychotic or actively delusional. So they're just being traumatized over and over and over. <laughs> traumatizing each other. Yeah. So they're traumatizing <laughs> each other. So what they've actually done is they've created different floors and different sections for mood disorders. So like oh, your, your bipolar, your depression, your stuff like that is going to be separate from your, you know, delusional psychotic disorders. So, right. Thing, there have been changes to make even the idea of hospitalization less scary because honestly, I don't know, being somebody that works with people that are going through mental illnesses of a variety, I see a lot of people they are like, yeah, I've been hospitalized before. So to me, I'm like, oh, people go to the hospital for mental health and they go to the yeah. hospital for physical health. So to me, that's like not a big deal. But yeah. I think even normalizing things like that, that that's something mm -hmm. that's a resource that's available too. I think yeah. if we could it's even... It's different. You know, yeah. they're not asylums anymore. I know. I, I, I think that it would be nice to kind of destigmatize some of some of that too because I think that's usually the number one fear if somebody's experienced something really intense. It's like the hospital is like the biggest fear. It's like... It, it might have just to be, be No, it might just be that somebody gets you on medications that regulate you and you might get connected with the therapist like it's right. really just resources at this and, point yeah I mean and you're also like building a community like yeah around other people that it, yeah are similar it, to you it's an attempt to, to get you back on track just like if yeah. you broke your leg and you had to be hospitalized to have a surgery they're gonna do physical therapy so that yep. you can get back and walking around again same deal same thing. Yeah. yeah yeah so so kudos to Will Wheaton yeah. for for talking about it. I and mean, not just on the mental health day either, just in general. Just all, just, yeah. Just what he does. Yeah. All right. So we also do not have a song about our book of the week. Book, 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 book. Books. Oh, check them out. <laughs> Read them. <laughs> that was a real commercial, though. That was terrible. I think that, like, the California Reasons were in it or something. If... <laughs> I, which I've never heard of because I'm very young, but yes. <laughs> so the book that I've been reading, I I hesitate to say that I recommend it. I I think I recommend it. So I'm I only have a couple more chapters in it, so I can't spoil it for you. Vox, um, by Christina Dolcher Dolcher Dolcher. Um, so I picked this up because my most favorite genre of book is sci-fi comma dystopian future <laughs> so uplifting yeah super uplifting mm. so this book very much feels like the author read handmaid's tale and was like i'm gonna take this a step further so it's a future. i'm gonna make it worse yeah really so it's in the it's in the not really future it's basically just like an alternative alternative 
um, alternate reality essentially because it's about now-ish um, and women are only allowed to speak 100 words per day and they have little... It's less than Twitter. I know! They have little... Oh no, that's characters. I'm they, sorry. No, that's like 100, 138 or something. But yeah, they have these counters on their wrists and if they go over 100, it zaps them. And each time they get zapped, it gets worse. But so things are really bad in this uh, not really distant future. Um, things are real rough for women, but the main character is a neuroscientist, was a neuroscientist because women can't be scientists in this setting. And she is asked to come on board and create a cure for aphasia, which all of this is totally random, but it's because the president's brother was in a skiing accident. He got a traumatic brain injury. Now he has aphasia and because it's on the like left posterior hemisphere. So she's allowed to have the counter taken off and she's trying to find this cure. But we don't know if she's actually going to live or You'll not. You'll have to read it. So it's just a, it's just a super weird but but entertaining book so it's the kind of book where I started reading it and I was like this is silly and then I couldn't stop reading it at one point they they actually subtly reference Handmaid's Tale because it's talking about her in college and about how her friend wanted her to read this fiction novel about you know the future in which there are you know very severe rules and restrictions on women I was like come on that's a little bit on the nose don't you think <laughs> but it is I can't handle these stories. I gotta be honest. Like I, I'm just it's like just so no, close. They're I'm too, with you. I love them. I, I love think them. that <laughs> it's like why people read romance novels. Maybe like bad, trashy romance novels. They're like, I know this isn't quality, like entertainment. I know this isn't making me smarter. But that's why I keep reading it because well, I burnt myself yeah. out. I have burnt myself out on nonfiction self-help like anything about like spirituality or mental health or those things so this has actually been weirdly therapeutic to read this book that's like it has really good reviews so maybe i'm just like i don't know maybe you just need to lighten up i'm a just bit. picky i just need more from my dystopian futures where women aren't allowed to talk <laughs> oh my God. well in handmaid's tale they don't even have a counter like they can just talk i mean they might get yeah, their, at least they can talk. They might get their fingers chopped off, and well, you know. Capital spoiler alert. Yeah, so there's a lot of other things. Mm, yeah, I'm not gonna say one's better than the other, but yeah. So it's a book I'm reading. You you might read it. You might not read it if you like um, dystopian sci-fi about <laughs> things that could actually happen, and you want to depress yourself while you're reading it. Check it out. <laughs> She's so good at reviewing books. <laughs> I know, I should really be paid for this. Yeah, so it even says on the back, Vanity Fair said, sure to beg comparisons to Margaret Atwood's dystopian The Handmaid's, the Handmaid's Tale. It highlights the urgency of movements like Me Too, but also of the basic importance of language. And being able to use it. Yeah, so interestingly, this is a, not a plot twist, but a twist to the book is that it's written by uh, somebody that has a doctorate in theoretical linguistics. So oh. she took her... I, interesting. It sounds like she was somebody that was like, I live in this world of science and what if this thing happened and she created a novel. So maybe not somebody that was specifically a novelist 
by trade, um, though she has other books, I think that that, that part was interesting because she deals with aphasia and dialect and all these other things in the book. So I don't know. Read it. Don't read it. Whatevs. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading it. I'm almost done. Bad things have happened throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Great. So maybe something good will happen. Maybe. Because that always happens in dystopian stories. Uh, yeah, usually with dystopian stories, either everybody dies and it ends horribly, or, like, one person gets out. And is alone, like, in the Yeah, and then you see them, yeah, you see them a year later, and they're just, like, on their own, scrounging for food, but at least they got out. Like, so that, it could end like that. Or everybody will die. I don't know. Great. <laughs> and on that note, um... <laughs> Hope this helped your mental health. Yeah. <laughs> Demystifying some stuff. Drink plenty of water. Take your meds if you need meds. Set a timer on your phone if you have trouble remembering to take your meds because you have to take them every day. <laughs> yeah. So that's your mental health tip. Meds work better if you take them every day. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But that's hard for some people. So set a timer. Okay. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> um. Till next time. Keep the rebellion Keep alive. Keep the rebellion alive. I'm gonna keep rolling because I want to tell you about the next book I'm reading, and I want to capture your reaction. Okay. On screen. So the next book, I can't remember if I told you about it. <clears throat> it's called The Chain. That's by Adrian McKinty. And I'm just going to read you the book description. All right, let's do this. You just dropped your child off at the bus stop. A panicked stranger calls your phone. Your child has been kidnapped, and the stranger explains that their child has also been kidnapped by a completely different stranger. The only way to get your child back is to kidnap another child within 24 hours. Your child will be released only when the next victim's parents kidnap yet another child. And most importantly, the stranger explains... If you don't kidnap a child, or if the next parents don't kidnap a child, your child will be murdered. You are now part of the chain. <laughs> that's like an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. That's the next book I'm reading. Dude, okay. I'm going to read it, too. If you ever need a hug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently, this author was like, he was destitute, he wasn't doing well, he, was like, he lost his job, and then he went to his editor... He pitched this idea, and his editor said, here's $10,000, go write this book. <laughs> go, go, oh. go, or I'll murder your child. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I, I haven't read it yet, but my friend Dan recommended it very highly. And he said wow. it's awesome. So anyway, creepiest. The, Stephen King wrote the blurb on the front of the book. It says, this That's... book is Jaws for parents.